Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi and Jordan are here chatting with you today. How are you, Jordan? Doing good. Good. We're going to, um, Jordan and I both made apple butter in different parts of the U.S. last night. <laughs> so we're going to kind of share and, our little. And didn't even know that the other person was doing that. That I was know. so funny. <laughs> I saw your stories and I was like, whoa, she's making apple butter today. <laughs> okay. So how did you do it? How did it turn out? Okay. So my friend Becky and I, Becky gets a shout out, shout out on this podcast, like every other week for some odd reason, but she came over last night and we did apple butter in the Instapot, which I would highly recommend because, um, from what I have read, um, you, if you boil it on the stovetop, it's like a multiple hour process to get it yep. to the thickness that you want. Even so, the crock pot is. Yeah. So what we did was we peeled and sliced the apples and I think we had around like 40 apples um, of varying sizes. A lot were picked from my friend Brittany's apple tree. Some were picked from a random abandoned house's apple tree down the road, <laughs> which I talked to you, you about. Did <laughs> I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, some were from the store. So we had quite a few apples and she and I, and then Ransom helped us peel and slice them. And then we just put those all in the Instapot with our sugar. We did sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, allspice, bourbon, and lemon juice. Mm. Um, and then cooked that on high pressure for 30 minutes. And then let the pressure release and used an immersion blender to blend it all up. And it was like the perfect consistency. Mm. And then I just um, sterilized the jars and lids and rings in boiling water and then got those out. And while they were still hot, filled them up with apple butter, put the lids and rings on, flipped them upside down until morning. And then they all were sealed this morning. Awesome. So yeah, it wasn't a bad process at all. Mm -mm. The Instant Pot and the Inversion, it's like canning hacks. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, tell me your process. You did slow cooker, didn't you? No, I did. I did instant pot. So last okay. weekend I did slow cooker applesauce and slow cooker. I mean, and instant pot applesauce. I'm not even going to bother with the slow cooker anymore. 20 minutes. Literally I could have had the apples on the tree and on my shelf stable within less than an hour. It was yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. So I, so last night when I did apple butter, I did five pounds of apples, which ended up being 15 large apples. Mm -hmm. And then I did peel them and I sliced them really thin. And then I did two thirds of a cup of maple and about a teaspoon of cinnamon. I think I added maybe half of a cup of water, but even that was probably a little bit too much. And then I cooked it for 20 minutes in the instant pot. And I did the same thing. I just immersed and blended it. Mm -hmm. And um, I made that specifically to eat this week. So we didn't can it. I am going to make some other one to can, but. Yeah. How much did that actually, end up making? No, really so that made. I have one pint. It's, uh, it would probably have been two pints. We okay. ate so much of it that I'm having a heart. I think it would have been two pints. Okay. Five pounds, about two pints. Um, I don't have jars though. 
So I don't have lids. I mean, so I, I'm probably just going to slice them up and freeze the rest of them. I probably won't even be able to can them, but it, do you have, uh, do you have wide mouth jars? I have a few wide mouth, but I have tons of pints. Mm. Mm-hmm. Normal mouth pint jars. Yes, yes, yes. I was say if you had wide mouth jars, I could send you some of my wide mouth lids. Cause I literally have like over a hundred that I got at that Amish store. Yeah, I don't have, I, I might order some, but I'm also to the point in the season where I'm like, how much more? Are you I don't know. I probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just yeah. like, yeah, we're getting a little burnt out over here. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. If that wasn't done with a friend, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. That kind of thing. The right. fun thing is though, I did teach Brian how to use the hot water bath canner last weekend and he did applesauce and he did tomato sauce for me. I was very proud of him. So it's been cool. As I've been learning these like harder things that I just was scared to do, he's been learning right alongside me and it's been really fun. That's fun. And it makes it fun. We learned how to press cheese together. What'd you say? did what? We learned how to press cheese together because he built me a cheese press. We made some hard cheese. It was real fun. Oh my gosh. What what did you do? Cheddar? No, I did. It was just like a basic rennet cheese. Okay. Um, It was so good. I need to make cheddar though. Yeah. But yeah, it was, did you make oh, a I was wheel? terrified. What? Did you make a wheel? Mm-hmm. Oh it was gosh. a gallon wheel. <gasps> yeah. Did it turn out good? It turned out so good, but okay. it literally took me two weeks to eat it because I was too scared. I was like, this is not <laughs> going to be good. This is not going to be good. And my mom was over. She was like, you still haven't eaten that? We need to go eat that. And so we did. And it was so good. Oh, it was and so good. I've only done mozzarella and that herb cheese. Mm-hmm. which are yep. both so easy and they're delicious. Um, but it, it takes so much milk. It, I need, I need a, someone with a cow, all my Southern oh. Illinois listeners. Do you know someone <laughs> with a cow that I can get raw milk for cheap from? Because the problem is if I go and buy a gallon of organic milk, it's like five something. And I'm like, okay, so I'm spending five something. Then I'm spending a lot of time to make cheese when I can just go to the deli and buy a decent thing of cheese. It won't be as yeah. much. I'm, I know that I could make like a giant amount for what I would buy there, but it's just at this stage of my life right now, I'm like, it, I don't know if it's worth, I just need a more abundance milk. of milk in my life. I need a cow. That's the thing is, so I'm, I'm working from the book called the art of natural cheese making, which is small batches. It, it's one, most of the recipes only call for one gallon. You can very easily triple it if you want. Yeah. But same thing here. It's all, it's all like raw, natural cheese processing. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I can afford to do it is because yeah. I have access to $2 gallons of raw milk. Exactly. <laughs> so. That's what I need in my life. I would, yeah. be, I would be doing a lot more cheese and yogurt if I knew someone with a cow. Do you, can you guys have a cow? No. no. Oh, okay. We cannot. It's against the covenants in our neighborhood. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we were going to attempt chickens and they were even against the covenants in our neighborhood. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. But I feel like we could have gotten away with it because we do live at the very end next to a farmer who had goats. So I'm like, mm-hmm. our house is like, it's a part of the neighborhood, but it feels a little bit more separate because mm-hmm. it is close to this other house that isn't a part of the neighborhood who had goats. Okay. And And behind us is horses and a lot of animals. So yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just need someone with a cow and milk. I, I, cause I want to do yogurt in the Instapot because you've been telling me how much easier that is than the process I was using. But, um, again, lots of milk. Yeah. I stopped doing mine in the Instant Pot just cause I do want to preserve as much of it as I can. And you, 
I don't know what the temperature is on the instant pot. So I think it pasteurizes it too much for me. See, I was wondering about that because you can't just like release the pressure easily, stick your thermometer in and then, you know what I mean? It's like a process yeah. to get it to be able to even check the temperature. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing now? The one, oh, I, the other. I just do it on my stove top. I think, I'm trying to remember. I think the Nourishing Traditions um, recipe calls for either 90 degrees or 110. I can't remember exactly. I have to go look it up. Really? Mine was like you get it up to 180 and then you drop it to 110 and then you add. Yeah. No. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I don't. Cool. I'll have to I mean, look up the Nourishing Traditions one. Yeah. And again, that's just because I thought, you know what, if I'm using raw milk, I may as well preserve as much of the right. enzymes as I can. So yeah. Okay. This was a long time talking about what we're not actually going to talk about. So <laughs> sorry. sorry, everyone. We are here to talk about friendship today, not cheese and dairy products. <laughs> One of my loves. To do with friendship. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You so, had a question about friendship that came in. What right? did I say? I had... No, no, oh, no. Yeah. You said, yeah. Some, yes, somebody wanted to know about you and I, mm -hmm. like, how do you guys know each other? Cause I know you don't live in the same place. So what the heck's going on? Yeah. So Jordan and I met at, um, a pastors and wives retreat for Sojourn network a couple of years ago. And, um, we just really clicked. Jared was not terrified to say Doug Wilson's name out loud. And so him and Brian immediately bonded. <laughs> so, um, also I was really sick and Jordan was really sweet that trip to make sure, do you need any ginger drops? <laughs> um, are you, but, um, I wondered at that time. <laughs> would have been. Um, so we, I don't think we didn't really even keep in touch after that. We hung out with you guys pretty much the whole time, but then we had a uh, church kerfluffle mm -hmm. um, where some families in the church came to Brian and a fellow elder and brought charges against them. And obviously I can't talk to anyone about this <laughs> in our church. So I didn't really know what to do. And I remembered that girl, Jordan from Sojourn Network. So I think we must've exchanged numbers. Cause this was months later. I want to say six plus months later. And I just said, Hey, can you get on Voxer? I need some prayer basically. And the rest is literally history. <laughs> um, but it was really, it, honestly, it was an answer to prayer for us because part of why we were seeking out um, Sojourn Network is because we wanted like-minded accountability in case something like like that ever happened. Mm -hmm. And um, Jared was able to come out and um, he did some preaching, but he was also able to just kind of review that case for us, an outside opinion that we trusted who wasn't, we knew he wasn't going to be scared of Brian. Um, and so he just spent some time doing some investigating alongside of our other elders and was a huge, huge blessing to us through that whole process. And um, yeah, Jordan and I have just been able to maintain a friendship through technology, but um, something I guess I did want to talk about specifically from like the pastor's wives perspective is I've heard before that pastor's wives feel for whatever reason, like they can't be friends with anyone in their local church, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is bizarre. Um, so Jordan and I's friendship is not like that by any means. We both obviously know that there needs to be a supremacy of local church fellowship friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I'd encourage you if you're a pastor's wife and you feel like for whatever reason out of like fear of man or your own pride, um, you need 
friendship in the local church body who actually sees you day in and day out, is able to rebuke you, to exhort you, to encourage you, to bring meals to you when you need. Um, mm-hmm. So don't put yourself in a separate category. I know, I know it can be a temptation to do that, but it's not at all the case. Yeah. I always go back to a man who wants friends must show himself friendly. So like if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you don't have any friends um, or if you're in a new place and um, don't have friendships yet or whatever it may be, like start, start pursuing friendships, like be Mm -hmm. friendly, go, Mm -hmm. go and pursue a friendship. And, and that's always an awkward um, position to put yourself in. Jared and I sometimes talk about it as you almost feel like you're asking someone out on a date. (laughs) Like, like, Hey, do you want to be my friend? Like, I think you should sometimes just totally straight up ask someone, Hey, I need a friend. Will you be my friend? So that they know uh, this is, this is where I'm coming at from this at, this is what I am hoping for in this relationship. Um, and even with discipleship relationships, Jared and I both have done that to older people in our life. Um, just yeah. straight up ask like, Hey, will you disciple me or will you mentor me or however you want to put it? And it seriously feels like you were asking someone out on a date or asking someone to marry you, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which can feel really awkward, but it's worth it for that. Um, for the reward that that vulnerability will bring. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And just not be scared or not, not be waiting for someone else to make the first move Yeah, in friendship. Oh yeah. I think there's a huge benefit too, to having, like you were saying, um, intergenerational female friendships too. I think there's much less of a temptation to just throw the pity party for yourself. Mm -hmm. When we're all in the same season and you all didn't get sleep last night and you all have to go home and cook dinner for all your kids, it's very easy to start complaining. Uh-huh. Um, but that's been just a huge benefit to me to just see, even my friends who were over this afternoon, you know, we're in completely different seasons of life, but we all have challenges. So I can't just gripe yeah. to them about my challenges. I'm there to encourage them and to exhort them where God has them in their season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes the stereotype of like pastors and wives can't have relationships with the people in their church (laughs) comes from the notion of, I don't know, I could be wrong in this, but I was just thinking like, well, you can't have a type of relationship where you're going to gossip about fellow church members. And if that's what you Mm -hmm. see as friendship as being able to divulge in in the inner workings of the church, um, well, that's, that might, I mean, it's not always wrong to share in like a safe, um, accountability relationship. I'm not saying that, but if, if friendship to you means, uh, sharing nitty gritty details of what's going on always, then well, that's not beneficial anyway, but yeah, you're not going to have that kind of friendship, but those are, those are patterns that should be broken anyway. Yeah. You know, Rachel Jankovic at Grace Agenda this year talked about friendship and she kind of gave the definition of biblical friendship being, um, camaraderie on the road to Jesus. So if, if any of you ever decides to depart from Jesus, you no longer have friendship. Mm. And she was kind of showing like, this is why when women want to start, well, not want to, but when, when a woman becomes courageous and sees sin in her friend and she sees her friend leaving the path to Christ and she kind of calls her back and says, look, we need to make this correction. You need to get back focusing on Jesus. Mm -hmm. That just goes against a worldly definition of friendship that should be all inclusive and all allowing of all sins in your friends. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it was just helpful to see like, 
okay, it's not unloving, first of all, but second of all, that should be a built-in design feature of our friendships. And also don't feel awkward. Like if you, if you have had a friend that you have, you know, maybe not even rebuked, but maybe you guys have just had a disagreement over something and it's clear that there is not Christian fruit there. I wouldn't necessarily say that you need to feel bad about not being best friends with that person anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just part of the design feature of how sin gets into relationships and warps them. Yeah. A friend and I were talking last night, just how proud we are of, um, the women at Christ church, because there is not a community of gossip at our church. There is not. And I think that if anyone were to like start gossiping in a um, group that it would quickly be called out like this, this doesn't need to be happening, you know? And I think, uh, just even if it just is one person in a church, if you just start out making that the norm, the norm is gossip doesn't happen around me. And I will make you feel awkward by saying, don't do that anymore. This doesn't honor God in our church or in our friendships. Like, even if you have to be that awkward person, just know that like for the glory of God, it will Mm -hmm. bear fruit and build a culture where sin is not permitted. Um, Have you ever had to do that before? Yeah. You have. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I said it in that blunt of a way. Maybe I did because I'm kind of a blunt person, but, um, but yeah, just in a way of like, that's probably not healthy to talk about. And I, and, and I, I have a way of being able to like laugh, laugh, uh, seriously say things with a laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so just letting people know that you love them still and like, you're not angry right now. And yeah. like, it, this doesn't cut off the friendship, but sin isn't tolerated. And mm-hmm. if you're yeah. a Christian sister, then we, we're not going to tolerate this in one another. And like, yeah. just quickly putting an end to stuff like that, whether it be complaining about husbands, complaining about church, mm-hmm. complaining about mm-hmm. elders, um, <laughs> or gossiping or whatever it may be, or like being lazy in our parenting, whatever it may be, like mm-hmm. admonish one another, build each other up and encourage one each other to forsake the sin that's in our lives to the glory of God mm-hmm. and the good of our communities. Yeah. I think it's so helpful when, at least for me, when I see things going in that direction to just be like, you know what, this is something you really need to talk to the elders about. If you have this big of a deal about it, I'm not going to answer or fix your problems. You need to talk to the elders. And that usually people aren't used to factoring elders into church discipline issues or disputes or actual church drama because we very rarely do church discipline anymore. So the fact that someone might actually suggest, go talk to your elder about it. It's like, Oh shoot, I don't want to do that. So maybe I need yeah. to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're not that serious about it, then you probably should yeah. just keep your mouth shut. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think also in friendships, and it, it's important to be courageous enough to be like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong right now? Um, because a lot of times women come can come in with like a uh, like martyr type attitude or yeah. Okay. Just like you can obviously see on them sadness or mopiness or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and just to not be fearful enough to be like, what's going on? You like to read each other and say, what's going on and just kind of force, force the conversation and help each other through things like that with truth and love and prayer and just Mm -hmm. get things out in the open rather than just going through weeks or months at a time of kind of not wanting to step on each other's toes or not really knowing what's going on or or how deep we can go in this relationship. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely think some of my biggest regrets were that I knew things were going on in friendships, but I wasn't courageous enough to face them head on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've had to learn over the, from the last few years that even if it's awkward, it's always better to, to be courageous enough to just ask them, like, I feel like there's some sort of distance here. I don't yeah, necessarily know mm -hmm. what's going on. I don't want to be sinning against you or presuming anything against you in my mind. Can we just talk about this if there's an issue? Let's talk about it. If not, that's even better, but not just letting, especially women, because we make up stories in our head. Yes. Start believing them. So we're slandering one another in our head. So yeah, it's, that's been way better. Yeah. Way better. We read about Rachel and Leah this past week in the Bible reading challenge. And in our little group on there, um, I said that how great of a picture just to make us warned against bitterness against one another, like how it wasn't a small thing for them. They were sharing a yeah. husband, <laughs> but how um, all consuming that bitterness became in their life to the point where mm -hmm. even their childbearing was an opportunity to spite each other. It's yeah. like they rejoiced in their childbearing, but it almost seemed like they were happy because they were getting one up on their sister. And, oh, yeah. and, um, how that root of bitterness can start out so small in a relationship and we should just be so adamant to not let it grow. Like if that starts rearing its ugly head that we would want to chop it down <laughs> and not oh, yeah. get to a Rachel and Leah point. Um, Jared and I had a very good laugh this week though, about the part about the mandrakes and how, uh, <laughs> and about how we're like, man, I bet that kid was like, whoa, sorry, mom. No idea this was going to start this big of a fight. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we were talking about, so we are both doing the Bible reading challenge and on our walk mm -hmm. this morning, we're like, so what'd you think about the reading? And we got so tickled thinking about that kid with the mandrakes. <laughs> That's like, really funny. You stole my husband. What? You want my mandrakes too? Seriously? What else do you want? Well, if I remember correctly, it's because they were considered a fertility food. Oh, didn't yeah. know that so... depth of story there. Whole other <laughs> level of betrayal with the mandrakes. Yes. How yeah. dare you want to increase your fertility? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, bitterness is not a good thing in relationships. So when that comes up, nope. no matter where it is, with mother-in-laws, with sisters, with Christian sisters, whatever it may be, cut it down. Don't mm -hmm. let it flourish. Yeah. And I think it's okay. It seriously can get all-consuming. Have you ever had I, – I know in high school I had a relationship that it became a very large bitterness that was like, this is terrible, that God mm -hmm. had to really do a lot of heart surgery on – um, small bitternesses can grow quickly into, um, a mental absorption. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had something, some, something somewhat similar recently where, um, Brian was just kind of like wanting me to think through how I was using my social media. And, and I realized I was like, man, I haven't been using this well because I'm scared of certain people. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I asked him, you know, like, am I in sin here? Is there something I can do to repent? And he was like, well, no, you've done everything that you can do. You know, I tried the whole Matthew process and, um, and he just kind of, it was helpful because he just kind of gave me freedom. Like, don't, don't let this consume you. Don't let mm -hmm. this get in, in the way of your productivity, but be free moving forward to use this platform. Well, mm -hmm. and it was just the same sort of thing. Like, 
you don't, you don't want it to start affecting the decisions you're making day in and day out because you can't stop thinking about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So friendships can be awesome tools that God gives to build one another up, to sharpen one another, um, to spur us on, um, in the kingdom and, um, in the work of the Lord, uh, or it can be a very yucky, muddy thing. So, um, yeah. And I think it's something to realize too, especially as if you do have a lot of women, if you are a young family and you have a lot of women that you know who are also in young families, to remember that God doesn't owe you a friendship. Mm-hmm. All of your friends are just as busy as you are. Um, don't take it personally if they haven't asked you to the park for the last month. Like right. they probably are struggling to get dinner on the table every mm-hmm. night, just like you are. Yeah. So don't assume the worst about your friends, but mm-hmm. really start to think, you know, get to a place where, um, I had a friend tell me this once in regards to like when she felt like she had to confront someone. Um, she, she always made it a rule where she felt like she couldn't confront them until she was willing to, to not believe the worst about that person. Mm -hmm. Like she really wanted what she was asking them about to not be true. And she knew the difference between when she wanted it to be true and when she didn't want it to be Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to give one another the benefit of the doubt way, way, way more than we do in regards to those sort of issues. I think it was geologians. I don't know if they termed this, but they did an episode on ungracious assumptions and, uh, same thing of just the term meaning we are thinking the worst. And, and I think just having that, uh, phraseology for, okay, is this an ungracious assumption? Am I, that's really, am I, um, just assuming this, assuming the worst because I'm allowing myself to, and that can be helpful in marriage also. Like, is this an ungracious assumption? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, that's really good. I think I'm going to write that down, actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. No. Anything else? Um, uh, this may be an interesting factoid, everyone. Lexi and I are very close friends. We talk almost every day. Mm. Wouldn't you say it's almost every day? It's almost every day. I mean, it's uh, five days yeah. a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's weird. And, like, And we've I'm only like, been around each other one time in our life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Derek and Brian get to do all the fun traveling yeah. together. It's okay though. One day, it's okay. One day we will. It's just we're not complaining. We're no. just saying that's the we're reality. Just saying, we're just saying that really close <laughs> friendships can happen without physical proximity. Uh, yeah, I tell you everything as soon yeah. as it happens. <laughs> yes, and the same for you. I tell you everything as soon as it happens. Yeah, uh, and it's cool. I mean, it, it really is. It we don't have to feel isolated, I guess, is what yeah. part of what we're trying to say mm-hmm. and sharing that there are ways to, um, I actually don't like texting for this exact reason. Mm-hmm. It, it totally distracts me from the kids. Um, phone calls are also hard because of the children, but boxing mm-hmm. has been a really great way for me to still have deep relationships with people here that I actually live with. Mm-hmm. I box my friends here all the time and people that live afar. So it's a cool, mm-hmm. a cool tool to use for the kingdom for sure. Yeah. Agreed. I'm thankful for boxer. I'm thankful yeah. for you, Lexi Sove. I'm thankful for you. Yeah, we're so, we're seriously, it's, it really is cool to see what, what God can do, like, through friendships in different places. It's just so encouraging. And it helps you realize, like, who was it? Was it, it wasn't Job. Who was the prophet that was like, oh, I'm all alone. I'm the last believer here, Lord, basically. And God kind of said, shut up. No, you're not. You're not the last one. I have my remnant. So it's helpful to see the remnants in Illinois. Yes. Not just here in Utah. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, knowing believers across 
across the United States, across the world, that it's like, we're all on the same mission. We're all pressing forward. We're all pushing the lines of the kingdom as forward as far as we can and expanding yes. the kingdom as far as we can. We're all doing the same thing here. Um, and that, that can be really encouraging whenever you're like, is anything happening? Is anything mm -hmm. moving? So, yep. Cool. Well, I think that's it for now. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.